Hey, this is Anna. I just wanted to take a moment at the top of the show to say that black lives matter and that we need to defund the police. If you're unable to protest, there are plenty of other actions that you can take from home, including signing petitions, educating other people, donating to funds. Speaking of donating, if you send me a confirmation of your donation to an organization like Asada's Daughters, Black Vision Collective, Chicago Community Bond Fund, and many others, I will match your donation until I'm no longer able to do so. The company I work at is also matching donations up to a total of $10,000 to any nonprofit. Um, So if you send me a receipt of your donation and then I match it, I can send mine to my company and have them match it. If you are unsure of what actions to take or where to donate or what to do or need resources, things to read, you can feel free to reach out to me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com or on Instagram or Twitter. I will be happy to help you out and share with you what information I have. All right, here's the episode. Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. Today we have with us Jim Drake. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Anna. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right. (laughs) Hanging in there. Sweet. I'd love to hear about when you started songwriting. Uh, Let's see. I started songwriting probably when I was like in fifth grade. In fourth grade, I believe I started playing the tuba. So I was like involved in music. Um, And I kind of had little things in my head, like just like songs. And I was like in a stage where I didn't really quite understand songwriting. So I would just be like, I'm, I, wouldn't it be cool if I had a song that sounded just like this Beatles song or this Pearl Jam song? And I'd like <laughs> have these fake songs in my head. Um, started playing guitar after that and pretty much started writing songs when I was like in sixth grade, seventh grade. Oh, awesome. Uh, so did you take guitar lessons? I did. Yeah, for, let's say two and a half years in the beginning, I took guitar lessons. Um, and then nothing really after that until like, uh, late high school, college. The reason I stopped with the guitar lessons was, be- was because I broke my wrist. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Yep. <laughs> I had to play guitar with my thumb, like the cast arm. Um, oh. So I, all I could do was like strum chords and uh-huh. uh, the thumb would bleed. It would be great. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's it was really not what you want. <laughs> it's gruesome. Yeah. Uh, so did you just start doing like sort of solo singer-songwriter stuff? Were you writing or playing with friends I was jamming with friends. Definitely at first, like, uh, it was basically like just jamming until some cool idea happened. So when was the first time you were part of a band or had a band that you were playing with? The first show I ever played was the seventh grade variety show. And it's like my friends and I had been playing... It was like we always had like two or three of us playing like at the end of sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And and we had like a drum set in our basement. And my brother, who is also a musician, um, we would jam. And like with my friend Kevin, we would jam. And yeah, the first thing on, on record would be the seventh grade variety show. Do you have recordings from that time or is all of that sort of lost? Uh, somewhere on a like small videotape, uh, <laughs> there is a recording of that talent show 
so this song's out there. Uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, it's this really like psychedelic kind of jam. And then uh, the drummer got like, all, like it's like all of a sudden halfway through the song, his like snare hits were on like the ones and threes instead of the twos and fours. So it was really fucked up, but yeah. <laughs> so you have some songs to share with us yeah. today. Which one should we listen to first? Uh, I would say let's start with the earliest one, Bullshit Blues. All right. You want to tell us a little bit about that before we listen? Sure. I had my friend Jared send this to me a couple days ago. Thanks, Jared. From a tape that we made when I was 17. And we had this band color, was the name of our band, with a U. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we were cool like that. Right, Um, right. Yeah. Very Uh, international. International, yeah. We were going places. (laughs) We had done a lot of like cool like music and like s- some more serious stuff. Like we had already made an album, but this tape that we made was just 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 goofball stuff, and with a couple serious songs. And this one's the bullshit blues. And uh, like my my buddy Jared pointed out, it was kind of like my sixteen seventeen year old way of expressing, um, like okay, I'm playing a blues song. And it's, like, from a really privileged standpoint, like, suburban, you know, white, middle class, the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't, like, have quite have the language to articulate it, but um, I tried my best. That's it. That's what it is. Great. Yeah. Well, let's give it a listen. Yeah. So how was this recorded? So this is recorded, I believe, on like a a digital 8-track recorder. This is back in probably 90... I don't know, 2000, actually. Mm -hmm. Or 1999, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Some, Some blazing keyboard organ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I got the blues. And I got the blues. It's really bullshit. But I got the blues. Swearing early. Yeah. Why no? I got the bullshit blues. That's part of the cool factor. It goes it along with the, the cool. U in colors, right? Oh, yeah. In a suburban town, there's no real problems in my life, but I still got the blues. That's why it's bullshit blues. I don't know if I'm, like, bragging about not having real problems or if I'm just like, well, I like playing blues, and if I do it to justify it, I have to, like, point out, you know, just like a being a teenager. Right. Nothing really wrong. Nothing really bad. Uh, no really reason to be singing this song. I got 
yeah, it kind of makes you makes you move yeah. a little bit. I mean, it's it's a blues. It's yeah. bluesy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you play this one out? Did you play these live, or was it just a recorded thing? I think we played them live. Um, we for a long time we kind of had like some improvised blues song on a slightly mm-hmm. slightly comedic level. I knew a couple licks. Yeah, you really did. Yeah. It was like, I think my like John Lennon guitar solo kind of. <laughs> All right. And I was walking down the story mode this time. <laughs> it wasn't early, it was about 5.30 Which is actually pretty early Boy, it wasn't light yet Oh no <laughs> But then I decided to go to Oak Street Liquor, buy some cigarettes when I'm not 18 So I said, <laughs> no you can't I don't smoke anyway, so it doesn't really matter The truth That's is, I did smoke But I knew family members would be listening to this song <laughs> So you had to be very clear. I do not smoke. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know, that was anecdotal. Thank you, people. <laughs> I, I didn't mind saying bullshits 27 times, but didn't want them to know that I had a nasty habit like that. A good blues song needs to be eight minutes long, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of them are. Yeah. It's like eight to 20 minutes is yeah. really the rain, the sweet spot. The sweet spot, eight to 20 minutes. <laughs> once you, once the audience is actually feeling the blues, then you can move on. Yes. I think we got like one more story coming in here. All right. We've gone from blues to rock and roll. <laughs> this is like, I'm sure that this happened while the Doors was rehearsing sometime. Like they played the same thing. Yeah. And Morrison was like, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Um, I, I do like the doors, and I also make fun of them. But that's kind of the way I make fun of a lot of stuff that I like. Oh, yeah, you have to. You have to. 
this um, sort of representative of the other kind of stuff that this band played? Not at all. No. <laughs> That's what I thought. Right? Um, yeah. No, this is... Up those my brother backing me up there. I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Generosity for the bullshit blues. No, we, we kind of sounded at the time like a mix between... It's like we were really into Pink Floyd and Flaming Lips and, I don't know, Sonic Youth. So... I, <laughs> um, it's hard to think. This song just kind of like washes every, every other aspect away. Right. It just blows all the thoughts right out of your it mind. It does. This was supposed to do, really. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a feeling kind of music. <laughs> but yeah, we, we were kind of like psychedelic rock, I guess. And we went through a million phases. Um, funny that our high school band, rock band, didn't really take off when, at the time, it was like all the bands were playing like ska. So all of a sudden, like uh-huh. all the ska dudes would get the g- good gigs and the good crowds. This was basically also when like Dave Matthews Band got really popular. So it was hard out there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's why you had to write the blues. That's why I had to write the blues, really, underneath the peel a couple layers back. How long was this band together? This band was essentially together from like late eighth grade. Uh, I'm just thinking in like school years right now. Uh, like freshman year, eighth grade ish to shit till I was like 25. So wow. yeah, so that's an impressively long time. Totally, um, it was like a ten-year thing, and like a million lineup changes. Although almost always, uh, my brother and I were in it. Like in our first CD, our dad was drumming on it. <laughs> yeah, um, which is one I want to. I want to. That's that's a harder to find CD that was like. We're like here. Yeah, we'll not. Ne- you know, like we'll never lose this. We'll just give them to people, and then and then right. like. I have no idea. It's like people have it. I just don't know who does. I know some of that stuff is really lost, lost to to time. Yeah. The CDs you thought Ooh. would never <laughs> go right. away. Jeez, you just breathe on them and they get scratched. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I've been listening to CDs recently and it's just funny how nostalgic, I never thought I would be nostalgic about putting a disc in the thing and seeing it spin around and being like, oh, that's that spin sound. I know the magic's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, I know. Yeah. So it's great. It's like, I don't know. I just, physical forms of music are are just fun to touch. I know. I mean, I think tapes are really satisfying. I've enjoyed the like resurgence of tapes and and bands making tapes because they're the cheapest option. I love it. I love it too. I definitely have a tape player and I really, I feel like when I'm playing a tape and this is even different than putting on a vinyl record, I feel like it's really happening because I'm just going to press play from the beginning. This is the whole thing. It's like, it's happening. I'm not making it happen. Like, Oh, skip this song. Skip. It's just boom. This is what you got. And then I have a little pitch control. I like to play with on it. Make songs sound funny. Uh, so the next song we have here, wave of babies. That's right. Wave of babies. All right. (laughs) So this one is 
probably as goofy as we get got. Uh, this was just an experiment with my friend Stefan and Jared. It was the wave of babies was I think either we came up with it originally or it was a reference to a Homestar Runner thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's just you just have to hear it. It's like it's just ridiculous and silly, and we were really all about just being silly as hell a lot of the time. So yeah, it's just us three goofing around. like a Cushion is doing a weird thing with your cheek and making it make a gross sound. That's the percussion. I was going to ask if it was mouth sounds because it really does sound like it. Yep, it's a mouth sound. <laughs> it's it's kind of gross. Channeling my Philip Glass. Yes. Wave of babies. Wave of babies. Wave of babies. Those are the only lyrics, just so you know. <laughs> Cinematic ending. Wow. <laughs> I I can honestly say I've never heard anything like that before. Right? <laughs> and and you never knew you never knew that you might or might not want to forget that one but if you let me know if it gets stuck in your head when you're like drinking coffee next week or something and I'll be like ah. I feel like it could be one of those things that like comes back uh when you least expect it suddenly it's stuck in your head and you're like why is this here yeah what is it doing here taking up space so this last one here is called hot shots that's right um, so this one is, I think I wrote, wrote and recorded this when I was like 25. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like 11 years ago. Um, almost 12. I don't know. I'm not good at math, but my birthday's coming up, so I'm thinking about it that way. Um, When's your birthday? May 8th. Well, I'm sorry that everybody's quarantined. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. I mean, I do have a couple of roommates, so they're pretty good at party stuff. They'll they'll make me feel special. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So the thing about this song is like, I don't know. It's it's not that it's like bad or I'm not proud of it or anything, but it's kind of goofy. And I played a million instruments on it. Like I I had a tuba at the time. So I played the tuba. I played a saxophone. I played a trumpet. So it's, it's a little bit like show offy, but that's kind of part of the like humor to it and also it's just old and i had just finally gotten like pretty good at multi-tracking and okay at mixing and i decided Mm -hmm. to try this big extravagant thing so i don't know whatever it's called hot shots (laughs) great let's listen all right one two one two three 
So this is a song that I did play in a band called Elephant Gun, which is still a band. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what were you re- using to record at this point? At this point, I believe some of the time I used um, computer DAWs, but I think for this one I was using a digital 8-track. So, yeah, I had, I think like in my mid-20s I had finally got like, you know, good multi-tracking tools like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I just like, yeah, like recorded it, bounced the tracks down. It was before now where I'm just like, you know, use Logic on my computer and everything's really easy and fast. So. Yeah. Did you ever have a, like a digital 8-track or, or tape 4-track or anything like that? I didn't. Um, the first, th- the very first things I ever had recorded, my friend had like a tape 4-track thing um, that we used. Nice to record some of my stuff, but I never I never owned one. Okay. It's kind of weird. It's like, just to do the whole like back in my day thing, when we first started being like, playing music together, like when I was early in high school, it's like, we would do things like record live onto a cassette and then pop a new cassette in, in to record and like have the audio of that first cassette go into the second second one so it's like we're multi-tracking and then we record new stuff in addition or something like that I don't know it was my brother who did all that so yeah but yeah it was crazy what like what we had to do but. I know I mean things are just so much easier now <laughs> I'm right. super grateful right I mean I just like use this I mean for demos and stuff I just use a Free app on my phone called Spire that like allows me to do eight tracks nice. easily and like. Yeah, I yeah I've definitely done a lot of that. Like use GarageBand on the phone. This is this is a fun sound. Yeah. I was like, how does it end again? <laughs> just, a, just a good old tuba jam at the end. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. How would you say that your process of songwriting has changed over the years? I would say I'll start at the end, like now. What I do almost all of the time when I write a song, I just use voice memos and I'll record an idea. Um, and usually, you know, there's different people who think of of writing songs in different ways. I'm one of the people, I'm like, I hear a song in my head, I hear the whole thing, like drums, I just every type of orchestration, I, I hear it. Um, so then I get my voice memo thing and I go like, all right, 
here's a melody. Bum, 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 you know, whatever. And, uh, and then I'll be like, and the drum beat will be like this. Um, and the guitar will be like this. Hopefully I have a guitar so I like know what chords I'm doing or the quality of chords I'm doing. Um, so I take the voice memos. Like I, ha- I just have tons and tons of them. And like sometimes I'm like, I want to I track a new song tonight. And I'll just like kind of just listen through a bunch of songs. Be like, oh, this one's kind of neat. Oh, that one has some potential. And then like I'll pick one and just kind of go from there until it's like basically done. Just like tracking it all in, in Logic. I believe like when I was 25, I don't think I had that. I don't think I had an iPhone or anything. So like I think that was more just like remember. Oh, you know what? I had one of those little MP3 recorders. So that was my like magic wand. I think more when I was younger, like high school after that, it would be more like sitting down with my guitar and messing around with different chords and then being like, this is a cool chord progression. And then I'd be like, all right, I'll write some lyrics. Kind of more like that you would think, like you see on TV, like, yeah, here's a, oh, like some funky guy comes in the room and he's like, hey, what if I did these bongos on this song? (laughs) And then like, yeah, that's cool, man. But you're like, you're taking my star power away with your bongos. Um, No, that's it. It's like every band on TV. Um, That's so true. <laughs> right? It's uh, The drama is so funny. But so, yeah, so I guess like now it's kind of kind of streamlined like that. And I'm happy with that, although I do like I'm really good at writing songs and like d- making them just like here's A section, B section and then the C section. And then like, all right, cool. All right. Here's the melody. I really would like to do more stuff that's a little bit more on the spot in the moment uh atmospheric experimental um and that type of stuff is challenging for me i don't i don't know it's kind of like like when i'm writing a song i feel like it's kind of like i'm like cleaning a room and i'm like getting things in order and uh some of the more like weird trippy stuff is like messing up a room you know we don't we don't all like messy rooms so (laughs) yeah but that's that's kind of what i want to get more into just because i have done not done it that much That's cool. I mean, yeah, I think it's always great to like keep stretching yourself and like try the shit that you haven't tried. Yeah, definitely. That's the fun in it. That's that's the fun in it. I agree. So when when you're playing with a band, are you writing all of the parts for the band then? Uh, That definitely has happened. Uh, My band Elephant Gun. The reason I did that, like the Hot Shot song, like had all these things is because like that band was one of those like annoyingly large bands you know, eight or nine people. Um, mm-hmm. So we always had like a violin, a trumpet. And it was really great to be able to write that many things. I mean, I also play in Mucapazzo, which is like 26 musicians. Right. But, I was going to say. But yeah, so for Elephant Gun, it would be really fun to just like stretch my chops. But, and, and usually when I do a demo, I like write all these parts. When I bring them to a band and they mess around, I always want people to make the part their own if they want to yeah. mess around with it. Because really all I care about is like, this is kind of what the textures of the song are. And obviously this is the key and the chords that are in it. Like that's Mm -hmm. probably not changing. But like what I really like having happen is like I bring it to a band and like I can I only have so much that I can see in the song. I'm like, all right, like other people like my bass player, Neil, will be like, yeah, well, what if we stretch this part out or like we change the rhythm in this section? Um, And then like my keyboard player will be like, yeah, I like that part, but I'm going to do it this way. So that is what happens. And I enjoy when that happens because I feel like that makes it better. I That's don't awesome. I don't just want a carbon copy of what I did. 
Yeah. I mean, I can agree with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. During this time that we've been stuck inside, have you had a chance to dig in and write some more? Uh, Has that not been a thing for you? It has, uh, and it hasn't. I've kind of, I keep uh, having this thing where it's like, I'll have like two or three pretty lazy days, although I'm getting better at about that. But like, yeah, just like watching stuff. And then I'll have like two days where I'm like really creatively focused. I have definitely probably demoed like three songs. It's kind of worked out. It's like, it's funny because it's like, of course, many aspects of your life, like you cannot do, which is just be free and go outside and, you know, fly a kite with friends. But like, the demoing aspect to me is what it always has been. It's not it's not that different, although it can be hard to find the motivation, but I decided, even like talked to a friend about this, but I kind of was like, I am actually not going to worry if I'm not creatively productive. Like if it the inspiration comes and I'm feeling it, great, but I'm not going to force myself to produce a bunch of stuff and if I feel guilty or something, I'm not going to let it make me feel like guilty or lazy. I mean, of course, like I will say, okay, I was lazy today. I just like ate a whole pizza by myself, watched three movies, played PlayStation. The musical thing is just like so nice to come back to. And I think about a lot of people who not to like be like I'm magic and everyone else is muggles, but it's just not, it's a nice (laughs) thing to have. It's very comforting to be able to like, have a or really any hobby you know like if you like have a hobby and you can kind of go to that it's just so great I, I would probably be like losing my mind if I didn't have that to get excited about I guess me too I mean absolutely I, I echo you on the trying not to feel guilty about not being productive I've been like doing the same thing it's felt very like waves of productivity yeah. <laughs> and then yeah dips of of laziness yeah um certainly but i know i've i've seen you know some people say like i'm running out of things to do or like i don't know what to do anymore and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) i have endless things to do (laughs) you know it's just like sometimes i don't want to do them sometimes i want to sit there and i want to watch terrace house or whatever something dumb on netflix but yeah i'm super grateful to be able to like make music and do demos and do this podcast yeah things like that that are easily done from home honestly this is a time when a lot of people i see on social media are like looking back and feeling nostalgia for the things of the past you know i've seen a lot of people posting old photos of themselves or post i saw wise blood posted a photo of a bunch of like her old demo tapes and CDs and was like, should I go through these? And, you know, so I'm like, be on my podcast, Wiseblood. Um, oh, of <laughs> but- course, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I love Wiseblood so much. She's basically my, basically last two years or whatever, she's been my favorite artist. So good. Yeah. So good. So anyway, that would be great. That but a, be great. I think a lot of people are like, just have that time on their hands now, you know? And so it's like, you know, if you're on the go or you're an artist who's touring or doing a lot or putting out a lot in the moment, you're not going to have necessarily the time to sift through old material but now when you're like you can't really go anywhere this is the yeah. time for it this is the time a good sifting time i for like for this i was i managed to get my friend to like start up a digital transferring service quote unquote air quotes um but uh, i'm also going like i was telling you before about this the cds and stuff i'm also like really going through that and like talking to my brother on the phone being like all right we need to get we need to get our old cds of stuff we forgot about. Um, so, yeah, I, I I really like... I even last night, like, I heard a demo 
of mine. I was like, who wrote this song? I didn't write this song. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember recording this song. It's kind of good. Why did I forget it? And I was just like, is it me or is it the weed? What is it? <laughs> this is strange. I don't recognize it. Anyway, and you, you know, you get that when you archive because you just kind of things just don't always stick in your memory. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, even just going through my old voice notes from the past few years, some stuff I remember, certainly. And then a few things I'm like, I don't remember this at all. Like, did I like make this voice note when I was like drunk at 2 a.m. and it completely left my mind? I don't know. I, I love that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had the same exact experience. Like, wow, I, <laughs> I said those words, which came out of my mouth, which started in my brain. And where, what was, you know, what what is it? <laughs> what, what did it mean? Do I speak Russian when I sleep? You know, who am I? <laughs> uh, so what are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been really liking? Like I said before, you know, the most consistent thing I've, I've listened to has been Wise Blood. I did get to catch her when she came to, what, uh, Thalia Hall. On my record player, it's like the last couple things I've played have been like Dionne Warwick. The early stuff from the 60s, I, th- I think is like awesome, very fantastic and fun. I don't know, Chopin. It's like, I just get out the Chopin record for a nice, pretty thing to listen to while like playing games or something. Uh, today I started listening to this Stevie Wonder album, The Secret Life of Plants, because I think Pitchfork made a post about it on Instagram, and I was like, oh, all cool. right, check that out. Because it's like, today's Earth Day, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Happy Earth Day. <laughs> Happy Earth Day. Uh, <laughs> the other night I like, I listened to like two Stevie Wonder albums. I was just like, I was just like hit, hit with the spirit. Just like, he's so good. He's so he's good. So good. Uh, I've definitely gone through phases where I'm like, man, because his music is like, it's like very fun and very listenable and very catchy and also very, in a way, like nerdy and technical. I've gone through phases of being like, man, I just, you know, I'm just not in the mood. His harmonica's pissing me off. Like, <laughs> but then, I don't know, just like sometimes I'm like, this is fucking amazing. He's one of my dad's like favorite artists. So I grew up listening to all of that. Mm bunch of stevie wonder i would love to see him live my dad seen seen him a couple times and the last time my dad saw him i think sometime in the past five years or so he like he played for like three hours still i mean he can just like still go which is super surprising (laughs) you know i would assume as an older artist you would maybe want to do a little bit of a shorter show but right he still has it but yeah so he's so he's so great um and I love going, what I have done a lot recently is like gone back and just listen to old music. I try to stay up with new stuff. And I like, I really love, you know, Wise Blood. I love Parquet Courts and like Bad, Bad, Not Good. I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love listening to, to stuff from the 70s. I still love Pink Floyd. Like I listened to this one epic album, Adam Hart Mother, just like in my bed the other night. Um, but yeah. The thing about me that's kind of wonky is that for a musician, I don't listen to music that often. It's usually something I do while I'm doing chores or when I used to ride the CTA. Like, obviously, for like the COVID stuff. And also, I started bike riding this year, so I don't really take public transportation that often. Yeah, it's usually I listen to music while I'm doing something else or just late at night when I'm like gonna like have a couple drinks and I just pop on my headphones and like just listen to stuff what about you i've been i've been listening to um numero group has this playlist nice on spotify that they update so you know that's a lot of like 
older <laughs> new old music yep. every week yeah. is the tagline for it so uh, i th- i find that really pleasant totally um, for finding new stuff um miriam gendron put out this album she just has this one album that's out and she found this anthology of dorothy parker poetry called not so deep as a well and she just put the poems to music she has a really interesting voice and i think it's it's sort of just a beautiful just a beautiful album so i've been listening to that a lot okay nice this song called watch me by the pom-poms okay cool i like it when it's <laughs> like you just find this one song it's like listen it's like makes me think of the way i listen to music like in junior higher stuff i just would be obsessed with one song it's neat when that happens especially with you know like technology helps like spotify you know love it or hate it but it makes suggestions for you and sometimes you're like holy shit that's this is a new awesome thing i forgot to mention i've been listening to another woman with the initials mg margot gurian she was she had an album in 1968 and then called what is it called? Picture book, telepicture, something like that. Margot Gurian, G-U-R-Y-A-N. Prolific songwriter, awesome chord progressions, really cool, like, whispery voice, like the type of voice you'd want to hear when you're going to sleep. She's got this other album called, like, 27 Demos, and I think that's a, that's like a reissue, like old, song, like kind of numeral group thing, like, this wasn't put out, and then they've got these 27 songs, put them out in, like, 2009 or something like that. Um really great song by her is called the California shake. And yeah, it's just like cool, cool. Like that era in like 68 to like 72 where pop artists would have songs. And it's like, they would kind of be this weird version of psychedelic where it's not like, it's not like wrong, long freak out jams, but like really interesting, cool, jazzy, weird chords, weird melodies and like, but still like fun to listen to. Um, and I, I really, I really find that enjoyable when that happens. Super cool. Super cool. Yes. Super cool. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been really nice. Awesome. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find Jim Drake's music on the internet. And you can find us on Instagram at BadSongwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. If you are a musician who's interested in being on the podcast, you can email me at BadSongwriterPod at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you could share with a friend, post about it on social media, rate, review, subscribe, follow. All of those things help us out. If we want change to happen in our country, we have to be a part of that change. And we need to change it fundamentally on a structural level. Again, if you donate money and send me your receipt, I will match that up to what I can and then have my company match that match that as well. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye.